the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my manners. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and say so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm your host, Brandon Wright, alongside Ed Corella. Yo. Huh. What's going on? I was I was playing video games before I came on here. Sometimes I lose track of what I'm doing. Anyway. What were you playing? Dying Light 2. I haven't first played that one. Thought, at first I thought it sucked, but then the more you get into it, the more it sucks you in. I played the first one quite a bit and then dude that was yeah i if i was like single i would never got laid because i would have stayed in my house that's how much i played that game <laughs> i didn't uh end up ever finish i played it a lot i really liked uh dead island played the oh, shit yeah. out of it. i yeah, always I felt like dying light was almost like a successor to no it was it was basically it just they improved on everything and then the second one you don't really have guns in it, so you basically got to beat the shit out of people, which is fine with me because it's good stress relief. <laughs> but I want to talk about things that might stress people out or not. Um, basically, yeah, it's basically a rant about bands. Like, <clears throat> what is it about a band, like, or maybe members? They get mad when, like, maybe they find a replacement for a show. And like, I don't know, I feel like some story you told me about, like, they got mad because they replaced somebody because they were busy and like that dude wasn't even around and he had a basically a replacement for him when he was not there, which, but that's cool. Like if, you know, you're that kind of network and you can have somebody jump in, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why, unless it's like contractual, I don't see why like, oh, this person could fill in and for the show and then i could see like another band member getting mad or that band members getting replaced gonna get mad about that just for a show like is that a thing because i think it's pretty shitty i think it is because there's been times where we didn't have a bass player and we didn't play shows and we ended up playing shows without a bass player and there's been several times where we didn't have a drummer and we used a computer to play the drums because everything's to a click anyway so playing to a program drums is still the same and concept in a way everything's still the same tempo but we actually played up in south bend without a drummer because our drummer for whatever reason couldn't make it he was up that way but he said he wasn't going to be there in time so we ended up just playing through this computer and i think that rubbed him the wrong way too that we still went ahead with the show it's like well we're already fucking here what are we supposed to do like, you know i i would say like that kind of happened 
in one of my in a band that I was in, like we ended up finding a replacement and the other member got mad about the whole situation. Yeah. It's like so I don't know. You're only holding your band back if you're not being open to those kind of things. Like that's dumb. Like quit being like, oh, I'm the bass player. You know what? If somebody could be if I couldn't do a show and somebody wanted to do replace me for that show. I'd be all for it. I don't care, dude. It's like, it's the namesake, you know? The band is still playing. When we played that show <laughs> with you guys that I booked you on down here in Peru, when I had that throat fucking beast, whatever, <laughs> going on, um, I was asking people to come do vocals for me because I couldn't fucking do them, really, and no right. one really stepped up. I was like, I don't give a shit. Just fucking do it. Maybe, so. maybe, maybe didn't know the worst. Yeah, so that's okay. Like I and like I've seen bigger bands actually perform without a singer, and like yeah. it was almost like karaoke. And did it break the band? Hell no. Yeah, I think Different. anyone that really gets upset about it are already uh, insecure and they're questioning their spot. They're afraid someone's going to take it. Well, if you're in a band and you're in a position that where you're questioning your security of being in that band, then maybe you're not stepping up to the performance of expectations to be in that spot in the first place. Right. So that's how I see it. Right. So anyone out there listening, uh, if you get nervous that someone may have to fill in your spot for like one show and you get all mad about it, is it because you feel like you're kind of a shitty bandmate? (laughs) Things to ponder. Yeah. No, we can't play that show because I'm not there. I don't know. I could see people getting that way too. Yeah. That is the nature of the beast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, if you would like to be on an episode of Dark Side of the Scene, you've got a story you'd like to tell us, share your experiences with us, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com and we will get you scheduled on a future episode. We have... A lot of good shows coming out soon, one every Monday. So if this is the first one you're checking out, go ahead and subscribe. You don't want to miss them. A lot of interesting guests and a lot of interesting topics, and I think you guys would enjoy it. Yeah. Tonight, we're joined by a guest that is in waiting, and we're running a little bit behind, so I will probably just go ahead and say we'll bring him on in, so hang tight. I'd like to welcome our guest tonight, Michael. Michael, thanks for coming out and talking to Ed and I. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you guys, too. Yes. Uh-huh. And where are you from? Uh, I am from a town called Maryville. It's uh, in East Tennessee. Nice. Down I... towards the south. Yeah, just a little bit. No, you could, um, be, you could still have a southern accent and be the Indiana Maryville. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. Well, Indiana is like the the north of the south, where like Florida is like the south of the north. <laughs> right. <laughs> Florida, should, Florida should really be in the north, honestly. It's so oh. far south, but it's full of all the northerners. It's like it's like a it's like it's like going beyond zero, like backwards, like you know, like like uh, like with temperatures or something like that. Like it just there's like a like some kind of weird paradox there, like like the numbers, like. Uh, the statistics and stuff just don't really match up. It's just something that bends reality. <laughs> My dad's originally from there. That's where all his family lives, and 
southern Florida, so mm-hmm. I've been down there a few times, and it's always been usually that I can remember it's been somewhat chillier. We went there five years ago during the summer. We just went to Pensacola, and it was hotter and balls. <laughs> but oh yeah, it wasn't too bad being on the beach and everything, but it's still it was still hot and sticky. Uh, that's uh, a <clears throat> that's Florida. No matter just about what time of the year you go, I uh, actually just recently came back there. Like about well, I say recently. It's been about six months. Went to um, went to Tampa just to have a little vacation and whatnot. And uh, uh, good music scene there. Good food. Um, and it was absolutely sweltering. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. We happened to go during the hottest week of the year. Oh, gosh. That was that was not fun, especially for someone as white as I am. <laughs> I went to I went to a Jacksonville in like July for a wedding, and it was like I'm surprised I didn't die of heat exhaustion and like how sticky it was. But I survived. We went <laughs> out to Vegas. It'll be three years of summer, but we went out in August, and the heat index was like 117. But <laughs> they're like, oh, it's not a not a bad heat though like it's not hot it's just a dry heat i was like it's still fucking hot (laughs) yeah i'll take that uh i'll take that dry heat though over the humid heat here in the south yeah Um, yeah it's just it's awful like you don't like something about you like you get too much of it in you and like you just can't breathe because of the water content in your lungs uh it's awful i'll take the i'll take the dry heat anytime i used to live uh, in oregon um for a little while and um, I absolutely loved breathing. It made me appreciate it a whole lot. I actually said that on another episode. I, when I went to Oregon, it's like, it was weird. I could breathe differently. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was just like, it was, everything was like crisp and clear feeling. is strange. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to Oregon. Um, I was on actually on a flight to Japan, but um, I um, we had engine problems in the air. So we had to actually just stop. And um, I remember jumping out of the plane and just being, "What is this? What is going on here? Like, mm-hmm. I like I'm not I'm not struggling to exist. It was just the weirdest thing. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, so that went out. I think in like the middle of September, so it was towards the beginning of fall. But everything was just I don't know how to describe it. Like just being out there, I just felt differently. It was just I don't mm-hmm. know." We're up in the mountain area or the up towards Washington state line or whatever. And just like the river, the Columbia river, I think is what it was running through there. And, um, I don't know. It was just, it was different vibes. It's definitely different. It's not what like a lot of people, um, I don't want to say like a certain group of people, but a certain group of people have a negative view on like the types of people that live in Oregon and um it's not really like what they think it is it's actually there's actually like a a large culmination of different types of people and uh cultures uh and walks of walks of life there it's very normal and not unless like you're in portland or like in eugene it's not like super hipstery or anything like that like a lot of people think it is so yeah we flew into portland and i did notice more of an uptick of people that seem to be uh i guess the term would be hipster i'm not sure if that's the correct term in anymore I, I, 
but I don't really know either. But yeah, it was. I enjoyed my time when I was out there. I was only out there for like three days, but it was like the three days mm-hmm. of the cleanest air I've ever breathed. Yeah, that was um, that's kind of how I felt. And that's what made me end up moving out there for a little while. Hmm. Why did you move out there? Um, I just loved it. Like it was oh, just, okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted to change a pace in my life. Um, mm. you know, I was doing a lot of the stuff I was doing with involving music, um, switched to doing a lot of stuff like over the net as it were. Mm. Um, and you know, I just came back from, uh, living, uh, temporarily in Japan also. Um, so I was like, man, like I really, really liked it out there. I'm already like doing this stuff not really doing a lot of physical stuff anymore so like i can just uproot my life and like try something you know a little different try the whole west coast thing see how i like it and whatnot Mm. um it was just just to do something different i absolutely loved it though nice how was japan um that was a very interesting experience Mm. um i'm a I guess like nowadays, like it's not uncommon to know at least one person who's into some form of Japanese something. Um, but like, you know, I'm a little bit on the older side. When I say older, but I'm, I'm just 38 or almost 38. Um, and um, back then growing up, like you didn't have ease of access do stuff like that especially from like a foreign country especially like here where like my town now it's like several hundred thousand people that live or a couple hundred thousand people like and then back whenever i was a kid it was like ten thousand people um so like there wasn't a lot of culture cultural exchange going on Hmm. so like um it was just one of those things that just really fascinated me as a kid with like just like the little bits of pieces of things um that i was exposed to you know my grandfather was in world war ii and like he was in he was a part of the siege of iwo jima and was captured by the japanese um and you know there's like a whole story about that Mm. um but then like you know i was like oh what kind of places you know japan you know it got me you know my brain going as and then like you know, my parents would bring me stuff home, not knowing what it was, and me being a little kid, not knowing what it was, just ended up getting me sucked into being interested in that culture uh, as a whole. Um, so I just, you know, I wanted to go over there, and um, it just so happened that um, there was a couple of uh, bands that uh, wanted me to work with them while I was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I was like, well, Tom, this is the Tom. Let's do the thing. Nice. What? So basically, as you're a, what does your music career start? Like, are you currently in a band or what's, what is the thing you do as far as like musically? Um, right now, I'm, I'm not in a band. I've not been in a band in a few years now. Okay. I have mostly been uh, focused on production stuff since. Mm. 2010 Mm. i've done a couple little spots where i've played with people or something like that and i had like a short stint with uh, no no let me backtrack on what i was about to say Hmm. um i did spend some time between 2013 and 20 uh 2018 ish 
being in a hip hop uh, group out of Memphis called Wire Generation. Mm. Um, and uh, we did that for a little while. And, um, I was in a small folk two two man thing called a, a Brother Orchid. Um, mm. But after that, I just kind of I, between all that stuff, I was more focusing on production than performance. Um, I'm working on uh, releasing an EP right now by the name Soul Forge, which I would call if uh, Ghost in Killswitch Engage like had a baby. Nice. Um, huh. uh, it was just it's just as if Ghost was like heavier, you know. Oh, like some more like kind of that. Oh, what do you call? It? What are they? I mean, I'm trying to describe them because. They're like a modernized blue oyster cult. Yeah, like a. But I, I was trying. Yeah, like I was just wondering how that would mix with kill switch. So like they would have like the blue oyster cult with breakdowns. Or I'm trying to just trying to picture um, in my head how how this would sound. Yeah. Just like think of like maybe like just goes with like just maybe like just like some chunkier riffs. Okay. A little more distortion in their ratty orange tones. <laughs> yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit more of that. You know, yeah. no, nothing like super crazy, but just trying mm. to like nothing like too metal but i don't want to go right. too soft so like just trying to find that nice tasty you know balance between between all of those different things nice um but yeah nowadays uh, for the most part i've just been doing um mixing mastering uh editing production mm. stuff like that it's kind of where the money is once you know that kind of stuff and you're good at it then like you almost don't have to have a band in a way because then you got recording studio gigs, you know? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I um, I generally haven't really stepped too much of a foot in too many um, of other people's studios to do work. I've mostly just done it uh, uh, from my own little small, uh, humble little setup that I have. Hmm. Um, but I have done, I have helped with like some uh, with some notable uh, engineers in the past, not necessarily on the engineering side, but like helping with their uh, their business aspects mm. of of uh, the business. Mm -hmm. Nice. So uh, I guess the topic of the show is so like, so what are the bad experiences you've had? Like as far as like you know, from maybe your first band and then to now, like any kind of strange thing i don't i guess that's how you describe mm, strange it was not strange um, but like like kind of negative where you're like man this is not what i was asking for something you know that I mean? left a bad taste in your mouth i guess yeah um something that, i'll tell you something that um, still leaves a bad taste in my mouth mm. um so the group uh wire generation that i was talking about um we'd actually gotten stunned through a pretty prestigious label through a smaller subsidiary and you know we went over the contracts with a fine tooth comb and everything seemed like all the i's were dotted all the t's were crossed so we're like okay well like this is you know we you know discussed it amongst ourselves for for a week and we're like okay um let's do the thing because this is what we've been hoping for because like this is this this is just what we needed, you know. Mm. Um, and so we signed. Everything was good, and very quickly, 
things went really out of control because like we had put together an EP to release with them and it they were starting to be very suspicious about or we were getting very suspicious of them because they were like sending us small little snippets of pieces of information like you you couldn't even really call them things that you could really like leech off of to get a grasp of what was going on inside the machine as it were mm-hmm. um so like we didn't know how you know our spins we didn't know what was going on with promotion we didn't know um how much you know money was being generated um mm-hmm. they would just not tell us anything and you know um it's one of those things where um you know, one side has all the money and then one side just doesn't have any money to, to, to fight it, to figure out what in the world's going on. Uh, Did you have to pay in to get on that label? Or no. They... Okay. No, they, they approached us. Okay. So I know some labels lately have been asking bands to pay them for their services and I, I've always found that strange. No, that's, uh, that's really weird. Like, that doesn't make any sense because like that that means you don't want to work with them you just want to make money off of them mm. and like to, to me being in a, being on a label like the label sees potential in you they want to put you up on a pedestal so you can generate money for them and keep cycling it around to keep you know building the investment you know because like yeah. when you're in that kind of situation on the business and that's an investment you know you're taking a big risk um, so I guess in a way, like that's the safer thing for the labels to do is just to be like, hey, give us money and we'll do the thing for you. And then if you fall on your face, then, you know, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of uh, people that think that won't take that responsibility, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, we're, we don't want to do anything now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like young people. Oh, yeah. yeah. They think oh, when I they mean, get they, signed, they, all the work ends. So I was like, no, that's when the work begins. Yep. Oh no, man! That's that's when like you're not even you're just starting. Man. Before before we go on, how long were you guys together before you signed? Like playing uh, out, etc. See one, two, uh, three or four years. Oh, okay, something like that. Yep. Yeah, three or four years. Hmm. Like we we had already like you know done some things like we had a showcase for Def Jam Records and um. Uh, we were uh, we had a we had a proposed show with Twisted Insane that ended up getting blacklisted. No, not blacklisted, but like you just dropped on us. Like something happened with him. I don't I don't really remember the details behind it. Um, and then um, even like had uh, some proposals to have us perform with Nicki Minaj. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I was nice. like, you, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not like a super big fan of her music, but like, I, to me, for me at least, like, I don't have to be a fan of your music, but if you want me to perform with you and like, you know, rock out or whatever, then I don't care. If if I'm not a fan, I will still, you know, I will still like hang out with you, jam with you. It don't matter to me. I will play it, perform anything. I just want to play music with people. I just want to. I just want to stare at her. She she's good looking. <laughs> she is a she is she, she is a good looking woman. Right on. <laughs> so okay, so you did all these, yeah. So you basically you you cut your teeth and every everything before this 
you know, this uh, label approached you and said, Hey, you got what it takes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So once you started noticing the weird behavior and the lack of communication, what'd you guys do? Uh, well, I mean, we tried, you know, forcing them to mm. find different ways to, to force them to, um, you know, get us to, or get, you know, start to communicate with us properly and just, you know, no, no dice. You had a manager, correct? Was he... uh, no, we did not. I mean, oh. like when I say that things went south really fast, I mm. mean, like as soon as we signed the dotted line, Hmm. like there was just there was no time for anything it was like they were just trying to get something to make money wow so we gave them you know we gave them a free ep basically and then after that just it fell south and did they kick you off or did you just leave them or just kind of like fizzled out you know? no it, it was one of those things that was just so morally uh when i say morally i mean like m-o-r-a-l-e mm. um it, it was just so it just killed the morale so bad that we just mm. eventually just you know just fell fell apart oh. yeah, okay that would probably do it like it's like you, you have your dream for this and then somebody went fuck it all up it <laughs> happens apparently mm. quite often like all these bands all they ever think about is getting signed and all these groups everything about getting signed and when they finally do it all goes to shit real quick and they just fizzle out. So, yeah, it, it happens. I, I, I like to say that's the only time I've had that happen, but that it's actually been a, a pretty common um, uh, thing mm-hmm. to happen with me. I've, I've had another situation. I didn't get to the dotted line part, but um, uh, where things were like looking really, really good and just, it just, just disintegrates just instantaneously. Mm. Was it another hip hop group or was it like the different music? Uh, it was actually a, it was actually like a, a progressive death metal band. Okay. What do you, what's your primary instrument? Are you vocalist or a instrumentalist? Um, I, I started out on guitar. Hmm. Um, when I say started out, like I was playing guitar, like behind my parents' backs um, because I came from a pretty religious household. Oh, the Bible belt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the Bible belt. Yeah. Um. So, like, I would go over to friends' houses and pick a guitar a little bit on the weekends or something like that. You know, I didn't get to really like dig deep into it, but I, you know, I got into um concert band in middle school too. Mm. And um, my family on my dad's side is very musical, so I spent a lot of time in recording studios as a kid or watching people perform and travel. Mm. Um. So uh did that and then did marching band um and uh was drum captain and all that stuff mm-hmm. and um uh know a little bit of piano I know enough to get me around it uh, obviously play drums play bass um I've been I can sing but here in the past 6 months I've actually been taking lessons and taking it more seriously so I can put that in my uh my repertoire yeah. you said um uh, you played like technical brutal death metal so like because you were, came from a religious family correct and then like yes is that still a thing you think like down there like they're they just frown upon because i had actually asked that question on another episode is like 
is that stuff still scare people like as far as like metal is it still give it a bad rep because it's the devil's music quote unquote <laughs> well you know i think with the the advent of social media and stuff i think a lot of that stuff has kind of um softened a lot okay. um you know i you know there's still like i mean it's metal you know you see you still see all like the imagery skulls bats and pitchforks and you know demons and right but lately it's all been the super bowl shows that are the evil ones the evil things now i guess I <laughs> <laughs> so you're like hey they took the they took all the flack off of us ha <laughs> so, um, there's that but like you know like there's all that stuff still but like thanks to the advent of social media they found out that a lot of those people are actually just a bunch of soft boys you know just trying to use it as trying to make themselves look <laughs> you know look like something they're not you know like the 80s during the like the satanic panic and stuff like that you know yeah. you know there there was no connection there like the internet and stuff like that was in its infancy yeah. uh so like you know nowadays like all you got to do is just you know a couple of click clacks on the keyboard and like oh yeah these people you know they don't you know believe in you know witchcraft or satan well, or you know stuff like that yeah that's because all the the mystique of artists is gone now that thanks to social media like back in the day rock stars were rock stars you really didn't know anything about them unless you had like a biography and you don't even know if that's real but you know with instagram facebook you look up the guy and like oh he's at a restaurant eating like i don't know like a lemon cream pie or something being normal you know yeah yeah it's not like um the only band i can really think of off the top of my head that was like you know if you want to call it like like proto social media mm-hmm. uh was like pantera you know with like their home videos and stuff like that oh yeah being getting drunk and crazy <laughs> yeah like that's the only yeah. that's the only band i can really think of that was like here's us doing stupid shit behind the scenes you know we're not right you know we're not the you know the hard evil people that you know we that you know that stand out the show stand out of the shows and whatnot and protest because you know you know jesus is coming soon and like you know everybody's <laughs> going to hell because of this band blah 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 um, that was that was actually one of the greatest parts in the pantera video and then all the church guys came after him but whatever <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you fuck anyway so but, you uh know, it's, not yeah. a, it's just one of those things like i just don't it it is a thing still like people still get still do get weirded out here in the bible belt but i don't think it's definitely not like it like it used to be okay well, that's good. I that answers one of my question long lingering questions I had, if that was still a thing. Anyway, well, back on subject. So, like, let's see. So you had a another bad experience with almost getting signed, and then you just backed off of it. Is correct? Uh, it was well. I wouldn't say backed off of it. It was more like just, just things. Just really, I okay. So like. I'm a really, I consider myself a really fun guy. All right. Mm. Uh, but whenever it comes to getting stuff done and like putting your nose to the grindstone, it's either do it or get out of my way. Right. Uh, you know, I know some people might be turned off by that, but in the music world, if you don't get off your ass and do something, someone else is going to come, but come up behind you and take it from you. Yep. <laughs> For so sure. you, you can either, you can either be the guy or the other person is going to be the guy and you're going to be just, you know, just like, what, what, Mm. what's going on? You're just not, 
you're you're just not you're not going to get the thing that you want hmm. so was your band members the same way too or no well huh. i thought they were and then things just started happening. I was lining up shows uh, and I didn't get to confirm any of these shows uh, because of, of them. Um, you know, I had, uh, had uh, propositions with like uh, cradle of filth and Guar mm. and as I lay dying uh, and uh, a couple other, uh, you know, big name bands. And I'm like, Hey, these people are coming to these areas and this is in our market and we can play these shows mm. uh, and they're interested in us being on these bills and um, i was like these are really good opportunities for us because we'd already gained you know a good ground playing with some other uh bigger bands like that was during the time when like white chapel had just gotten signed to metal blade and they came back to tennessee so we played their first show back in tennessee since they got signed to their original label hmm. uh, so that was a pretty big deal here in the area for that to happen um and uh, you know you know you would think with most people they would be like oh yeah sure let's play with these bands like no i'd just rather not <laughs> i'd just rather not yeah. I, I would rather just go drink or go to this other go watch this other show and i'm like are you what the fuck like right is this not what you want to do? I've set all this uh, this stuff up for you. I've written your music. I've done the promotion for you guys. I've designed your merch. The only thing I've asked you to do is to fucking show up, play, practice, and that's it. Hmm. And and uh, it just was not good enough for me. It just wasn't in the cards, and eventually just things just turned really, really bad. Yep. <laughs> It was all. It was a truly awful thing. I mean, I would have. Did you try to find something else after that? I mean, it seems like you have the drive to do it, and then. Um, and, I mean, what? I, what area are you from again? Like the you said, Maryville, uh, correct? I'm from Maryville. Um, maybe people might be more familiar with Knoxville, which is right next door right. to Maryville. Right. Is the scene so, like, like I'm, so, so the scene? So is, I'm from. Oh, go, 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 go. There's a scene pretty good out there, like as far as like different kind of music, metal, etc. Um, there's a lot of music out here. I um, I don't. I think uh, the area gets overlooked a lot. Um, mm. but there there's a lot of talent um here in this area, from music to uh, the promoters to um, uh, the recording studios and stuff out here. There's some really serious. Uh, talent out in this area. Yeah. I mean, you do got Nashville down there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's obviously it's yeah. Nashville, so there's obviously going to be you know godlike musicians there, right? I always wondered why that's the mecca. I just like I I, I don't remember the whole <laughs> the history of that. Is it because country music came from there? Or I don't remember why it's such a big. Well, thing. originally. Um, originally, um, the state capital of Ten- of Tennessee was Knoxville, mm. um, but uh, just things started happening in Nashville. From the way I understand it, things just started really, just really, just blowing up just out of nowhere for Nashville. So, country music had become a big thing in that area. So they were like, 
oh, well, hey, let's change the capital to right here so we can say, you know, country music came from our great capital of Tennessee. Um, so it's it basically just like a big, you know, marketing uh, boy just to, you know, try to get, you know, get people to really recognize Tennessee and, uh, you know, it being the establishing it as like the country music capital. I would have been really shitty to change my address after that. I'm like, why did you just do that? This <laughs> 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 just, just complicated thing. Yeah, I get. I guess I get it. You know, it's like, all right, it's a, it, it's a historical thing. We're going to change this, and then everybody's just going to come here now. And yeah, I haven't been there. I, I got invited like later this month, but I they were busy, so because I've never been there. So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a cool place. Um, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of really cool bands there, a lot of really cool musicians and mm. whatnot. Uh, you know, you you'll find some really great, really great freaking people uh, in Nashville. But I will say that, and I, I there might be people that'll disagree with me on this, and more than likely will. Um, outside of music, Nashville's kind of a boring place. Mm. Like if you go, like <laughs> like the zoo, like the like the zoo is cool. Like the Nashville Zoo, um, but other than like some places, it's got really good food. If you're not going there to watch a band play on music in Music Row or at one of the venues in the city, there's just nothing really to do in Nashville. Huh. I didn't know like that. Their, their, their <laughs> economy is really, for the most part, centered around music. Their economy is based on country music. If the country music fails, the economy fails too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally. Well, luckily for Nashville, um, uh, country music is probably going to survive uh, better than uh, big banks. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure as much as it's still there, you know, <laughs> as much as it uh, evolved. But yeah. So uh, I guess back to the subject of you. So like. I would say, what do you any other uh, crazy bad experiences still or uh god i've not um i've actually not had any in a couple of years things have actually That's been good. pretty um pretty boring in, in that regard um well, here's everything a... that's go ahead go ahead so here's a big one so how did the beast affect your musical endeavors when when it struck huh. um well a lot more people started staying at home um and uh so that allowed people to be not no not that it's a bad thing it's it's not uh, I think it's always great for people to get more creative and whatnot but it's mm -hmm. given more people uh, the time to develop other skills um, so it, in a way it's it's kind of healed a little bit of what I've been doing uh, because of the ability like the because of shutdown or lockdown whatever you want to call it people being able to pick up new skills so a musician was like well I you know, I, I can't go into the office now. So like, I guess in my extra time while I'm, you know, uh, doing this paperwork for whatever company I work for, um, you know, I'm going to sit here and learn about, you know, recording, you know, really good, badass DIs or learning mm -hmm. how to like, you know, uh, 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 program, you know, drums appropriately. So you're not, you know, you know, being octopus man or, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh that's, you know that's, it, that's you know, actually how i felt when i got an easy drummer during like or 
I got, must have got it before the lockdown. It was like the December before that, but I'm like, yeah, I don't think my drummer can play this, so I'm not going to add all these extra beats. <laughs> yeah. I, I get, I get it. I mean, it, it's a good thing. Like, I think people should arm themselves with information, but you know, in, but like, you know, as the world progresses, and it, that it's been the the thing for any uh, any industry as things change, technology uh develops um you know people you know things jobs become irrelevant not that my job's irrelevant but like it makes you more competitive because why should i pay you Hmm. to master an album for me when there's this ai algorithm on a website you know that can do it for me that it might be just as good as your master or better That'll be a little scary when that starts happening. I mean, it's already replacing art, but like for it to like produce music and yeah, Um, that's a little, I I don't, um, I don't, well, the thing is, is it's already happening. Um, I don't remember the name of the, the, the place, but there is a website you can go to where you can master, uh, your own tracks through it, through this particular AI algorithm that they have. And I've put Mm. it up against some of my masters and it's, it's damn good. That is scary. It is very scary. It's probably like, listening oh right God. now. It's listening right now of us talking <laughs> shit. Oh man. I don't oh. I don't know. See, like I guess like how is it supposed to listen to something when like you know our own ears are unique and for an, a computer to replace that, like it might not even be the mix that like you might be wanting for or maybe somebody else, you know, because like all the old older albums, people thought they were good, but then when you hear them now, you're like, oh. But how mm-hmm. does how does something that isn't alive or maybe it is alive would can decipher all that? That's I don't know. That's strange to me. I don't know. It's the rise it's of the machines to me too. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Oh no, um, it's it's mind boggling for me too. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, when you get down to like digital, you know, it's just ones and zeros at the end of the day. So I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not a programmer. I can read a little bit of certain types of programming languages but like whatever is there that i don't understand which is a lot um it all i mean it's obviously that they've figured out some kind of way to you know to simulate you know simulate that and it it's not obviously going to be the same as us because like you know we have you know a brain it's a three-dimensional thinking space Hmm. that has the ability to you know have you know we're cognizant and we have free will um and for the time being uh, computers do not you know they're just told what to do and how to do things um so that's like the only aspect that for right now it can't replace but man it it gets so close that Hmm. i just you know, where does that leave us as people or us as creatives, you know? I, I don't think it'll ever replicate a, a live concert. It's just there's heart in that that cannot ever heart and soul that can't be replaced from like actual live show of a band you really like. It's just there's that's I think that's where it won't rep, repl, replicate. Excuse me. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. No, I am. Um there's a feel that humans just have just our natural clocks. You know, we can, 
you know, we can, you know, perceive the pool of, of time now with like the, the, the advent of a lot of people using backing tracks and clicks and stuff like that. Like you can still kind of get it, mm-hmm. but like that, the feel is kind of for the most part, not really there anymore because everything's already on that grid. There's mm-hmm. not really a pull and a tug. Um, it's not like, say like um i don't remember his name but like like toto's drummer like he's a he's a pocket drummer but like if you listen to his work like you can feel him kind of like playing in the pocket a little bit with steve lukather's you know guitar playing um you know you can't you can't really do that with a you know if you're doing click tracky stuff like you can kind of emulate it a little bit but like you mm. still can't pull and tug on it like you can without it because that click is in your your brain is conditioned to that click um not that the clicks are bad i will never be no. like clicks are bad because like i record shit and i um i grew up in an environment where you had the metronome blaring in your ears while you're marching in time yeah. and that click will still make you a much better musician than you saying that uh, I don't want the click. I want the feel instead. Well, okay, but good luck trying to get anybody to listen to your stuff. If it's just, you know, shittily out of time. Right. No, I mean, there's a place for it. And then like, you know, like I, it'd be nice to have like keyboard parts, like in my band, but like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go on and like try to figure out how to use the click and then have the drummer have a unit. And then like, like it'd be easier if you just had a keyboard player and then they would play the, their part when they're supposed to versus worrying about all that to me like that's fine but then there's bands that just mm-hmm. hires and that's when the other bands just hire a keyboard player and then you need to click for that because otherwise your keyboard will be in time but the rest of you won't you know what i mean it's like yeah, i guess it depends on what it is i don't know hmm. yeah click it, wasn't it, too it, bad. It, it's yeah yeah it's definitely like genre specific too you know yeah. Like yeah, with like, a lot of the stuff that I write, like I, I generally, as much as I love other styles of music and love performing other styles of music, you know, I'm predominantly like a rock and metal kind of person whenever it comes yeah. to like playing instruments. Um, so like, you know, the click is kind of important, you know, uh, yeah. and I use kind of sarcastically. It's very important. Uh, and I just use, you know, a key, a little small little like a really like a micro keyboard and I use it to to write parts because I don't need a humongous keyboard and like yeah. you don't need a humongous keyboard to play in no. like that form of function because like a lot of that um a lot of that uh broadband is gonna get cut by an EQ anyway. So like it's pretty pointless to even have a humongous keyboard in like a rock or metal band. Yeah. I mean I have a little workstation if I wanna think i'm like beethoven but then you got to kind of go back and overdub stuff but yeah i get it <laughs> oh yeah 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 Yeah. so basically like the beast didn't really affect you too much you just seemed to like you kept busy regardless um yeah more or less i uh i wish i was a little bit busier um mm. but you know right now like the past year um i'm actually i've actually been kind of fine with it because like um the beast um my my dad died last year of cancer 
and uh the the beast is what he didn't necessarily die from the cancer he was going to die from it but like the beast is actually what got him uh so like i've needed Mm. like the past year to really just uh switch off and chill yeah Um, i'm sorry to hear that yeah yeah you know, it, I'm I'm not as bad. I'm I'm pretty okay about it. I can actually talk about it now without it being an issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was the one who pushed me into playing music and wanted me to um, pursue it. You know, if that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used that to, yeah, um, you know, finish working on my EP that I've been working on, and um, you know, just you know, start this year fresh and like just really sink my teeth back into it and like just kind of you know um reestablish myself to me you know where i you know i need to be in the thick of you know all of this you know that is you know ever engulfing us so is this a ep like a solo work or is other people helping you with it um for the most part it's just me Uh, Mm. i did uh i did everything uh even to the even down to the production work, uh, I did have um, uh, one of my friends, uh, Nils Herchenroder, over at Doku Studios in Tokyo, um, master it for me. Um, That's such and, a long uh, name a, for a Japanese guy. <laughs> oh, well, he, he's 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 German. Yeah, no. Okay, I thought yeah. No, no, he, he's a, he's a German that is uh, living in Tokyo. I, uh, I worked with one. I worked with uh, two of his bands. Uh, over there he's a really cool dude he does really good work mm. um so how did you and, uh, you know before i interrupt you like eventually we'll have to get you why why you went to tokyo like how did that connection start you know <laughs> oh okay okay well i can i can expand on that well yeah. i think i already did i mean it was just one of those things like I, want... he wanted me to work on his stuff so yeah. i did a little bit of it here and then i did i went over there and did the rest of it mm. And you met him like in that area? Uh, no, I actually met him living here. He went to college here. Okay. And uh, we used to party a lot and stuff like that. And he played <laughs> in a local band here. Mm. So, you know, we, we got to know each other uh, um, uh, decently well. Didn't know each other as well as we do now. But um, he was like, man, I need some help. And there was this recording studio in, uh, uh, in the area that his uh, one of his bands had recorded at. But he wanted the work to be the production to be done by someone else. So they didn't like that. So what they did is they chopped up all of the drum parts and rearranged them and renamed them. So in the hopes that an in, and the other engineer that would be doing the mixing and stuff would never, ever be able to piece it back together. That is so a they would, thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. So they would eventually go back to them and pay them money to do all the production work instead. That's bullshit. So he can't, it is bullshit. And he was like, Michael, he's like, I really need your help. And he told me what was going on. And I'm like, I was like, okay. So like, I was like, I've got this band I'm working with for the next two weeks. When does this need to be done? He's like, um, as soon as possible. I'm like, okay so i would wake up really early in the morning so that way i would be up for whenever he was up for his afternoon and i would stay on uh online with him and piece together the drum parts by hand 
and uh till we got something cohesive we'd work on that for a few hours and then um i'd work with the other band that i was working with here and then pass out for uh, a couple of hours wake back up do the same thing with him the other band go to sleep over and over and over again for two straight weeks uh-huh. trying to piece these drum parts together did he fire those guys <laughs> oh he he hasn't had anything to do with them wow since. um but you know um it the project sonically it didn't turn out like i was hoping it would it was just such a mess and i was so sleep deprived um yeah but it was definitely an experience it taught me a lot about learning how to read waveforms i mean i already knew how to but like you become a fucking expert at that shit having to do something like that wow <laughs> I, I can about i can about read a waveform and tell you exactly what it's going to sound like before i press the play button because of that wouldn't it have been easier just to redo the drums like just program the drums from scratch or not uh or hired somebody <laughs> yeah well i don't well i can't really speak on their end because i don't know if they had software you know in their band or if they even had the time because like uh i know he worked for a pretty big real estate company over there and then like his drummer and vocalist both i think if i remember right worked for microsoft japan um so like there was you know you know busy people doing busy people things so the work had to be offloaded to somebody. Yeah. So, just... you know, it, it was fine. I got paid for it. So, I mean, you know, big deal. Plus, I, I like them. They're good. Pe- they're really cool people. So, I didn't really mind, you know, yeah. being sleep deprived for a couple of weeks to help them out. No, that's cool. I was just yeah. thinking, like, when we did our own stuff and everything, we didn't have a, the capabilities of recording the drums. So, we would always just try and, I think they used Fruity Loops just to make the MIDI versions. And then, they used easy mm-hmm. drummer or get good drums or whatever the hell they were using and mm-hmm. did it that way. But basically we record videos of the drummer and then just try to replicate what he's playing. Uh, that's actually a really good approach to doing that. Um, I guess if I knew the drum parts I could have, you know, but you know, obviously, you know, I wasn't there recording. the yeah. parts. I didn't know the song. So there's no way in hell that I could have. Yeah you know, knowing them, you know, it was just one of those weird sticky situations that hopefully nobody else ever gets to, uh, or ever has to endure because that was, uh, that was a nightmare. That's just Uh really shitty that they did that. Yeah. Um, that's like a, a really bad problem, uh, in Japan, in some places, at least whenever it comes to recording studios, they can be pretty territorial. Um, over your over over stuff and especially if like uh if you're not japanese um it could even be a bigger problem for you to to get stuff done and you not be treated like shit for some reason Hmm. must be a cultural thing yeah let's see uh i don't really know i'm I'm not gonna say it's everywhere because it's obviously not it's very much not, but that is definitely a thing that happens over there. Yeah. Over here, I've only encountered people. We pay for recordings and we never fucking get them back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still Go waiting on that. a song. I'm waiting on a song that we recorded probably 
12 or 13 years ago and it's been paid for and everything and the guy kept saying oh it's snowing it's slowing down my internet i'm gonna upload it we never did fucking get it Mm-mm-mm. so that, that really fucked his internet up apparently because it's still uploading huh come on <laughs> you probably lost it that's a huge file i'm a, i'm still waiting for um i'm still waiting for a check for some production work i did for some songs for a very prop popular tv show from 10 plus years ago hmm. um i'm still waiting for that check though i would have never released i said where's the money but you know <laughs> some uh, you know i was i was stupid back then i was like you know this is i knew that things could be shady but i'm like surely this is a big enough company that like it just didn't make sense to me that they would you know something that you know something would happen so like i did the work without thinking about it and i'm like I've got the, I get the, the, the cred, you know, I get to say that I did this thing for this prominent TV network. And then, um, well, I can say that, but I, I still didn't get the money for doing it. Oh boy. Do they at least acknowledge it at all? Like credit you anything or is it just. No, they, 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 they ended up not crediting me for anything. Sure. Sounds like, yeah, back on the subject, like, Get good drums is a dumb name, but I know why it's called that. But like, if you didn't know, but like, that's such a lame name for an awesome drunk program. <laughs> but I, it, I it think makes I would sense. like it a lot. I think but, I would like it more if it was like get good, like G I T G U D. But like, it just sounds like a, a a little kid. Get good drums, but I know why it's called it because now that's not Nolly's last name. But it's just. Yeah. It doesn't sound. It doesn't strike me as being an awesome. It, it is an awesome, but when you first hear that kind yeah. of name, you're like it doesn't sound very powerful. Like Easy Drummer, that sounds kind of goofy too. Eh? Uh, yeah, it up. does, especially since <laughs> it's easy. Like easy. It, hmm. it's so it's very it's very cheesy. But I think it's catchy. I, mean, I didn't because, mean to do that because yeah, <laughs> because it's easy. Like oh, just like any kind of manual that says you know the the stupid guide for. Whatever. Well, now they got easy drums. We, uh, mm-hmm. when we had to use the laptop as a drummer because our drummer at the time we kicked him out because he was shooting up heroin at the playground up mm-hmm. the street instead of coming to practice. Oh, oh that's um, nice. Yeah. Like we'd actually witnessed him out there and he was lying saying he's broken down somewhere else. So if you're out there listening, buddy. Yeah. We, we knew what the fuck you were doing. Um, anyways, he, uh, because of him not showing up or whatever, we ended up programming the drums anyways. So we just practiced without him and we ended up naming the guitar player's laptop Ed. Not after this Ed, but we just it was because it's <laughs> easy drummer. So was, we always referred to Ed as the extra band member and it was just the laptop. <laughs> so Man, I, I hate that. I don't know what it is. I know for me, um, I've always whenever it comes to like a band setting. I've always had the worst problem with drummers. I don't know what it yes. is, or if I'm just, or if I'm just special, but I always have the worst luck with just having not necessarily shitty performing drummers, but like just they're shitty people. Are they? Are they short? No. Well. Okay. One one was maybe a little on the shorter side, but he was he was not intentionally trying to be shitty. I think. Okay. Um, we're still friends. Um, it just ended up being a kind of a shady situation, but everybody else, they were just kind of just kind of just acted like, you know, not as maybe either a shitty person or just had shitty work ethic. Mm. 
most of the drummers I've ever played with, they've all had their own flaws, and most of them have been shitty people. So, <laughs> funny story though, uh, because we kicked that guy out, and we had to play these shows we had booked. We mm -hmm. played with the laptop, and our guitar player. You give him a microphone, and he says some pretty dumb things on the microphone. And uh, <laughs> he told the crowd that uh, our drummer had died from a strange gardening accident, so that's why we had to play without a drummer. <laughs> and then after we played or whatever, the sound guy came up. He's like, oh, I'm real sorry to hear about your drummer. What happened? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I heard he, he died <laughs> uh -huh. in a gardening accident. I was like, no. He was just joking. I was like, he's a freaking drug addict, and we kicked him out. Yeah, he, he, um, he got uh, he, a heroin tree just fell right on him. Yeah. <laughs> he was out there clipping heroin tree and it just fell right on top of right. him and crushed him. But no, that, uh, when you're talking about that, or then the drummers or whatever, it reminded me of that story. That was kind of <laughs> funny that, uh, about the strange, uh, death of our drummer. Mm hmm. See, so, I, I always thought like there was a formula that a lot of short drummers are the ones with the attitudes. I don't know. Like a lot of famous ones are actually short and a little more syndrome. I think so. But like there are, I don't know. I'm thinking of like Gene Hoagland. That dude's like super tall. So I don't know if that really applies to any, but he's really nice. But these are the short drummers have kind of an attitude. I don't know. They're good, but like the one drummer that was the best drummer we had, and he's the one that passed away from the drug overdose not, not, the, mm. not the same guy but uh mm. he was on the short side now everyone's short to me because i'm almost six foot four so right most people are shorter than me but this guy was only like five five so he was a smaller guy but he was a phenomenal drummer yeah mm. the the best drummer i ever had he was um like and that, he's an absolutely sick drummer like I remember uh, before he played with me, uh, I recorded one of his uh, earlier bands and I had to stop him mid recording when we first started because I couldn't hear his snare drum, but it was because he was so fucking articulate that it was right on the click. It was so right on the click that the click was masking the snare. <laughs> and I had never heard that at that time in my entire time doing you know music anything hmm. and um he wanted me to resurrect this old band that he really really liked he wanted to continue my dream and i'm like i don't know about that but hmm. he eventually talked me into it and it worked good for a little while and then one day he was like dude this isn't the kind of music i want to be playing i'm, I'm done hmm. we're like right like immediately after like like two seconds after we finished our set he was just like, yeah, this isn't the kind of music I want to play. I'm done. Oh, I'm just man. like, R -r really? You just talked me into pulling all this shit out. And Maybe you know, just, you, you want to, yeah. you, you, you want to do this to me. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you a fucking lot. Maybe he just didn't like play it out live. I mean, sometimes like it's fun to jam and record, but then there's a lot of musicians that just don't like playing out live and, no, it wasn't that. He no. um he was like he's um he's a talented drummer, but like like there is some like flaws in his playing, but it's not his playing, it's his 
um, ability to when to add, when not to add. There has to be flair and flavor all the time. He's definitely like um, he definitely like you can definitely tell he likes like scene scene metal and like gent stuff a lot. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with that kind of stuff. A lot of China, a lot of China's uh, is what you're saying. <laughs> a lot of chugs. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but um, you know, I'm but my 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 thought, uh, like I've said before, is just like you know, if you want to be in music, then just play music. Like like I know plenty of natural musicians that are metal musicians but they play country music or pop music to pay the bills you know mm -hmm. whatever avenue that presents itself to you take the thing who cares if you that's not your preferred style of music if you want to make a career in music you play yeah we had a, a band a band from previous guests and like his guitarist is like an amazing death metal guy but he plays a country in a famous country band I'm like, holy hell. <laughs> like, you would yeah. never guess that. But yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. There's they, a lot of musicians doing that now. They're, yeah, they're making their money in country music or pop music or whatever they're doing. Is yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with that for sure. And uh, they still got their own projects that they're doing for the heavier side, but to make money, they play the stuff that sells. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, I mean, for, I mean, even for like a higher profile example, I met, uh, several years ago, I met, uh, the artist Kesha, um, I met I met her keyboardist in Nashville, mm. um, and uh, you know they played a lot of different other things, but they did the pop thing to pay the bills. I mean, mm. it's just it's just what it is. Even like the big dogs do it. Yep. That, there was a yeah. There was a bass player that lived in this town that I'm from. And the dude was very, very Les Claypool Primus style bassist. Like he was a phenomenal fucking bassist. And he ended up moving down to Nashville. And last I heard, he was like a studio musician down there. He was supposedly working for like Sony or something. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. uh, my biggest thing with that dude is he'd stole my fucking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, were, jamming at some drummer's house and the drummer and him had been jamming back and forth and the drummer was like a big Dillinger escape plan fan and this is back in like 02 so they were not like mainstream like they never were mainstream but like they were like very still underground back in 21 years ago and mm -hmm. I was just getting into that type of stuff and I was really like wanting to jam with them or whatever and went over there I left my mic that I'd went and bought I spent like a hundred dollars on this Sure, SM58, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, left it over there because we were jamming. The guitar player left his stuff there. And I went back the next day. The dude's bass stuff was gone and my mic stuff was gone. And I was asking him, I was like, what happened to you? He's like, oh, uh, so and so come got all the stuff. It's like, well, he took my shit too. He's like, oh, that sucks. It's like, mm -hmm. you fucks. So I never went back over there again. I was just pissed off at the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, I've had, um, I've had not I've not had a, a musician steal uh, musical equipment from me, but I've had a bandmate like just steal shit from my house. Oh, that's fucked up. Hmm. Yeah, he he well he was he was selling it for um for heroin money. Oh God, huh? Yeah, was he the and drummer? He hit the, yeah, he was the drummer, and he hit <laughs> he hit every other band member's ex band member's house too. 
I would have found him and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, well, there almost was an altercation at my place whenever, because I was actually home uh, when that happened. But I'm like, oh my god! Like, do I call the police? Yeah. Do I show? <laughs> do I pull? Do I pull out my rifle and uh, underground? And stay, you know, yeah, I'm just like, but I just like, I don't know what to do in this situation because he's not threatening my life and he's just taking shit. So like, and I don't know if he's like high or not. Mm. So I just like, what the fuck do I do? Uh, I mean, eventually he did, it did catch up with him. He did get in trouble, but with, with some other like stuff, but, but like, you know, you just don't know what the hell you're going to do in that kind of situation or what you should do. Yeah. I guess like if you kind of cared about the guy, you don't want to hurt him, but at the same time, like what the fuck dude? <laughs> oh yeah. Like I'm not a, I'm not a violent person and I don't, I don't like violence, but um, you know, I, uh, I grew up with, with a dad that was like, um, you defend yourself. Right. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough when, like, trying to get in a band with people and then they steal from you. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think that's ever happened to me or ever faced a situation like that, but uh, I've heard so many stories to make me wonder, like, what is wrong with people, man? <laughs> There's a lot of shitty people that are involved yeah, I mean, in music. You're trying, like... to, you're trying to find a connection with this person to make music, and then they kind of ruin it for you. Like, when, you know, like they came on and shit on your lawn and walked off. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I've had to give money for like gas, and I've had to give up money for like certain things. I've bought motherfuckers food all the time. Oh no, fuck and that! We'd play shows, and no one had money afterwards, so I'd buy everyone food. And I was always, "Oh, I'll hit you back! I'll hit you back!" Well, huh. I never got hit back. I never expected to get hit back. I mean, I'm just a nice person to where. I didn't, at the time, I didn't make shit for money, but I always managed to scrounge things up. Or if we sold, like, a few shirts, I was like, here, I'll just use the money to, uh, I guess, go get Steak and Shake or something after the show. Sure. But looking back now, like, the, that dude, the one that's like, man, I'm going to hit you back. Give me some gas money, bro, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you back. I was like, okay, knowing full well I'll never get it. And then one day he's like, hey, man, can I borrow some money? I was like, you owe me like $300 as it is. He's like, you've been sure. keeping tabs? I was like, fuck yeah, I have been. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've given you gas like $20 here and there for like fucking three years at this point. Like, you need to own up to it. But he was so well, yeah, mad. Yeah, if you say you're going to give it back, you know, give it back. Yeah, and he got like mad that I was actually keeping tabs of how much he was supposed to be paying me. But he got so mad that he had... Um, befriended someone that I was friends with as well. And he, uh, apparently gave him some devil's lettuce, like a bag of devil's lettuce, a $50 bag worth of devil's lettuce. And that guy never, uh, paid him for it. So he was always pissed off and bitching about it. You ever see him? Tell him I'll beat the fuck out of him. I was like, why for money that he owes you? I was like, that's strange how that happens. Yeah. The guy that owes me a shitload of money is now mad that someone owes him money. I kind of get like if you have a band member struggling with been between jobs, you know, and like you want to help them out. But I don't understand when like somebody who straight up doesn't have a job is even in a band. I mean, because, you know, we all know metal does not pay the bills. Well, a lot of music doesn't pay bills yeah. in this country. 
but like you know if we have a struggling band member who's like going through a job change it's not like we're gonna fire him you know like he's good for it but there's just a lot of people that join bands they don't really have a job and i don't understand why they do that shit and it's like it's kind of it goes hand in hand because if you're not a very good worker then what makes you think you're gonna be a band good band member you know I guess it's like they they want they they want the fun times, you know, and not really realizing that those fun times actually come with copious amounts of work. They want the fun and not the responsibility. They Absolutely, want be, they you want. Know, I, I think doing, we get, yeah. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. They want to be the they want they want the cool factor of it, but not the work. So yeah, we're it's hand in hand. With that. The glory of being in a band without doing the work of being in a band. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think uh, I think you know I think that could be said for like a lot of people, you know, not wanting to put in the work but you know want the you know the the, the payout you know mm-hmm. but i mean like, like especially like musicians you know like there's there's just so many of them abundantly that ugh, they, they want the party but huh. you know or they want the bragging yeah the, the bragging rights i'm like dude you still got a normal job there's nothing to break i mean you can have a good time and you could say hey you could be proud of something but don't brag or start getting like this mentality that you're something now it's like you still got a normal yeah. job man you still got a normal job when we're not playing so it's always cracked me I up mean, with people <laughs> top on these big shows like they paid to get on these big shows and open up for these big artists are like hey we're playing with these guys on they get like a big ego about themselves like you bought your way onto that show <laughs> like, well, that is one thing i'll never say is that i i've never had to pay for any of the big shows i've ever been on mm-hmm. But I, 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 that is something that, like, you know, if you played with a big band, awesome. I don't care if you paid with them or not, but don't gloat like you were just <laughs> right chosen out of like God knows how many artists to perform with this band. Like you paid to get on. Yeah. I, uh, I also keep track of the ones we do open, whether or not they're cool or not. I mean, there's been a few that they kind of hide. I don't know. Maybe that's their thing, but like, I don't like when band hide. It's like, especially when you're, kind of in the same area like the quote green room around that area like there's a particular mm-hmm. band that i didn't see until like it was t- for them to play time to play it's like and we had to sell tickets so it's like we'd come out and say hi at least but i mean i guess it didn't matter because i wasn't into that band anyway but it's like mm-hmm. as a person who gets that kind of experience like be nice to at least say hi i, I mean it's not like they owe me anything but i it's no, just... but be nice. Like these people are helping you pay for your meal ticket, you know. Yep. I had so... a bad experience with a band that I actually booked on a show that did the same thing, except they went into the back room that was off limits. That everyone was told not to go back there, and they were starting to drink the booze out of the back room, which was completely off limits. And so instead, they got kicked out of there, and they went upstairs <laughs> to another area. But they would not watch any of the other bands. So by the time that they played, because they thought they were cool in the headliners, um, no one stuck around for them and they got all mad about it because and questioned why I wasn't even there. I was like, well, my ride left because my ride really did leave. Even though I booked the show, I rode with my band and they didn't want to stick around for people that didn't bother to stick around and watch any of us because they're too busy doing shit they shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. So it's a give and take. Like It really the, is if you want people to respect you, you need to respect the other people. I'm not saying be out there and watch every single song or whatever, but at least show your face. The show, the show that you're at least remotely interested or at least pretend 
like you're interested. I don't really necessarily agree with the whole pretend you're interested, but if you're going to, just at least pretend you're interested. Yeah, like I don't care if you like the music or don't like the music. You don't like me, it's fine, but don't act like rock stars, I guess is my mentality, especially when you're a nobody. <laughs> Just like the rest of us, we're all nobodies, and yet you're acting oh, like yeah. you're king shit of Turd Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a nobody. I'm I am. I'm a nobody. I do all the normal things that everybody else does. I've played with some big artists and you know whatnot, and but I'm still a nobody. But you got good stories about those somebodies, so that's cool. That I, like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's all I really care about for me is I like I like having those stories. Those are things that I can look back on and remember very fondly. Same, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the not, only the only um, oh no, go 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 ahead. That's not always dark side on here. We just like the positive stories too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only the only negative thing whenever it comes to playing with other bands that I can say that was like truly truly bad, other than like like other bands being prima donnas or like you know little bitches or you know whatever <laughs> um my first band that i was ever in the, there's a venue here in knoxville that booked us for this particular show it was like i hadn't played very many shows yet i was it was probably like in the single digits still mm. um they did not pay attention to who they booked with who and we got booked with like a bunch of skinheads and that happened to be a night where i brought a bunch of my not white friends with me because they wanted to see us perform that's a well that's that's bad for the venue to begin with so like oh oh, yeah not looking up absolutely and this is like a venue that this is not like a small venue this is like a venue that's had like morbid angel and pantera and slayer and metallica in Mm. uh uh, you're doing this kind of irresponsible crap. So, like, these guys, after uh, they perform their show, they see that there's, you know, some uh, some people that look like they're not from around these parts. And mm. um, they come up and try to start uh, start stuff with us and spit on them and stuff. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, hey, uh, you guys just spit on my friends. You cannot do that. Uh, dude pulls a gun out and puts it in my face. Jeez. Yeah. Luckily, there was enough of a commotion already for the venue to have called the cops. Mm. So, like, by the time that happened, it wasn't just a couple of seconds later that you start seeing red and blue lights, and mm. they they fl- they vamoose. They was just like they just like a vapor just disappeared. <laughs> uh, but that was uh, that was the worst I've had with dealing with another band and that was absolutely scary yeah a little bit i mean geez the venue should have definitely checked out who the hell they're booking i've to be 100 percent honest we don't do a whole lot of research i don't of who we're inviting on this show so i've been kind of leery about some of the people we bring on because you never know anymore so i've tried to oh yeah sure i've tried to do a little bit of checking but you let me on here. I don't know how, why. <laughs> I guess I don't have to worry about you being a white supremacist. Because... Oh, no, I'm pretty Mexican. But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. But I don't, 
I even wrote that word in the description. Like, we're not here to spread hate of any fucking kind. So I don't no. care if you're purple. It don't matter to me. Like, and I'm not here to, I don't want to deal with people that are fucking stupid and prejudiced and pieces of shit, to my opinion. Right. So I'm I don't not want you. Yeah. We're not spreading their propaganda bullshit. No, I don't. I don't kindly put up with a lot of it. I've been. You know, I've been in a, I spent the past several years in a pro-black hip-hop group, and uh, you know, I've played in uh, uh, in uh, like queer core and uh, LGBTQ like metal bands and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, so like I'm 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 very not about people's shit. Yeah, so everybody's everybody's here for a good time, really. You know, no matter what yeah. who, who you are, what where you come from, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know for me my rule is as long as you're cool i don't care uh what or who you are like you are cool and safe around me i don't judge people by their skin color or their preferences or identity of what they i judge people by their actions and Hmm. if you're a good person you're a good person if you're a fucking dick i don't care what color you are you're a fucking dick like yeah so yeah, no, you, they can uh, they can absolutely keep that to themselves. Yeah, so I'm uh, make, I'm getting too old for that shit. Yeah, so like basically you're gonna back to your EP. So like you're not gonna take that out and like try to assemble a band to play this this music, or you're just done with like the band things as far as like uh, dealing with bands. If that makes sense. Um, I I I, I don't know. Like I'm I'm curious about it. Mm. Um. Uh, I um, I wouldn't mind doing it if even if it was just like a one-off kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, like right now, like my main goal in life is making sure that my girlfriend uh, gets her bachelor's degree finished. Okay. Um, yeah. and I don't care what that takes. If that takes me not getting to do any of my stuff for the next couple of years. As long as she gets her bachelor's degree finished, that's all I really care about. Right oh, now. that's that's good uh, yeah. because that that's important to me uh, for her. Yeah. Um. But, and I'm I'm a really I'm I don't want to say that I'm anal, but I'm a particular I'm a particular person. You're, you're and a producer. You're supposed to be I anal. Wanna, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you got to be analytical. Yeah. But there's a certain yeah. point which I've gotten a lot better about since. I don't know the past six years or so where like mm-hmm. there's a certain point where you just need to let it go mm-hmm. and just let it be what it is. Um, so like I've still, I've still got like a standard that I set my thing to, I guess you could call it my, my own brand. Mm. Um, and if it just doesn't cut it, it just doesn't cut it. But I'm also willing to make compromises to make things work. If the other aspects or solid, hmm. if uh, if that makes sense. Right. No, it's fair. So, like, I'm not against it. It would just require me to get people that I can, you know, that I know that can actually just do the thing. And none of it's hard. None of it is hard whatsoever. This is about having fun and getting to feel uh, feel something. Hmm. Um. So like, you know, but like it, there still needs to be some kind of, you know, order because like there's a lot of 
you know, not heavy orchestration, but there is, you know, some, you know, orchestration and stuff. So it does require, you know, some uh, people with that has like some level of attention to detail. Hmm. But yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't be against it. You know, just right now, I'm just, I've struggled so hard with trying to get something written just because I've had so much awful stuff going on here recently that like it's been hard mm. to try to write um because like my main fo- my main my main uh, focus was my dad yeah um that was really important to me and, and still is yeah. um so like with that it was so hard to be in the right mind space so like I'm uh, my friend Niels that I told you did the mastering for me um he I have to give him a big shout out because not only did he do the mastering for me he really gave me like a grounding and gave me pet talks through the entire ordeal and was mm-hmm. like you know giving me positive energy and like getting me helping me get over that finish line to completion it's definitely one of the hardest none of it's hard to do it was just one of the hardest things i've ever done uh, just because of the circumstances, so like, I'm just I'm just happy that I made it. Yeah. Because I I actually just didn't know there were several times I just didn't know if I was going to make it or not, and uh, and uh, he was like, no man, you got this. I'm you know, you know I he's like I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. You know. I've heard that before. <laughs> it's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I heard it. But, but he, he was he he was super he was super awesome and instrumental in in helping me get it done. Well, that's good. Like everybody needs a a support buddy to get us, especially through like rough times. Yeah, these past few years have been like we all been we all we've all leaned on each other for something or other, and you know, like a lot of people came out of some shitty situations. It sounds like you've been you're almost to your happy. You know, to a happy medium, sounds like. I, I hope uh, I hope I'm getting there. I'm I'm still trying to find my way there, but mm. I'm, I'm close, like super close. Yeah. Is there anything from your EP that you have finished that you would want to release on the end of this episode? What we've been doing is, whoever we interview, we play like their latest release at the end of the podcast episode. So if you had something, we can always add it to there, so people can check out your music. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't be against that. Um, I'm not, I wasn't planning on putting out for another month or two, but I'm definitely not against that. Well, by the time this airs, it'll probably be about that same time frame because we're about, I'd say a good six or seven episodes ahead of you to be released before this one would be released. I'm going to release one, I think once a week. So mm-hmm. this probably won't come out until towards the end of May. Okay. Uh, what I can do is I can send you guys like a, a Google uh, Drive link, and you guys can um, figure out which song you guys would like the most to be on it. You know, whatever you guys you know vibe with the most, you guys can pick whichever one you would. Okay, you know, we can do that. Like or if there's one that's I'm not picky. I mean, whatever you want to people to hear, like that represents you. I'd. That's how we've been going. Let. The artists pick the song that they want to release the most. Okay, all right, that's fine too. So yeah, if you've got something that really stands out, you want send it to me in that email, and uh, I'll get it added to the end of the episode. 
okay yep that's uh that's cool with me i can i can definitely do that yeah whatever whatever your proudest song is you know yeah if it's yeah because we don't want to put something you're like i didn't like that song. i don't know you know what i mean like yeah, I, I don't want to pick yeah. something yeah. and be like oh yeah, that wasn't really my my choice <laughs> right yeah. well you know like there's been there's like a lot of things it started out like man i don't like any of this shit that i'm writing <laughs> um just nothing was just really working for me yeah. and um like eventually like you know i would take little breaks and stuff here because like, I, I just had to because of just everything else going on yeah um but i'd come back to it i'm like oh yeah that's how that works like um like there's still some stuff that i'm just kind of iffy on but i don't think it's me or that it's the music itself i think it's just me remembering and it just being a trained condition in my brain to just be like just to be kind of just like grossed out a little bit because people that i've let like shadow listen to it they're like holy god dude this is really good mm. um no but, sometimes you know, yeah sometimes a break or having somebody listen yeah. to it and say like any kind of like construction for criticism and sometimes you know that's the ear fatigue and you're like going oh this all sounds like shit and then just come back like a few days a week later and then fresh ears yeah. at least that's how i write i guess <laughs> i mean some, sometimes you got to you yeah. know Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes a great song or at least a good song, you know, comes from like a shitty idea. It just, mm-hmm. it just, you need time to stew on that idea. Now, like, should you always approach something that way? No, because then you'll never get anything done. But sometimes you can, and it's why I record, I try to record every single thing or idea that I come up with because you never know when that idea, uh, will you know be like the thing that you need or that's like ends up being like the thing that makes like the that's like the star attraction of your song Mm -hmm. um i I gotta give i gotta give uh give a shout out to a.o levy uh for that one uh i learned that from him great podcaster as well (laughs) he is a great podcaster um i've i learned that one from him uh a long long time ago uh, back whenever he wrote a column for metal sucks mm. uh, back in the day i'm like yeah you know what he's got a really good point and i was already kind of doing that but after i heard that I, or saw that i was like yeah i need to do this more so I, I so i started doing it more so i've got gigabytes and gigabytes of years and years worth of music ideas half songs and riffs that are just waiting for the right potential to come around um uh, to make you know to make something you know good or at least make you know at worst case make use of it mm-hmm. my buddy's that way too i'm pretty sure they both have like flash drives full of old riffs and ideas that never gets utilized it just here's a riff from like 10 years ago <laughs> i have like song i have a couple a couple songs from a couple years ago three years ago where i'm like oh let's try to tackle this and make it sound decent it's it kind of works. Just leave it alone for a while, but yeah. You know, well, Michael, yeah, I think we're going to wrap this one up here, but uh, is there anything you'd like to add before we close this out? Um, I'd like to say, I guess uh, for everybody out there that's, uh, that's listening that, you know, has something getting in their way or, you know, has a really, or gets handed like some kind of, uh, shit sandwich or whatnot in their in their uh, their path of passion you know just try not to 
try not to let it get you down because like it will absolutely destroy you if you let it you know sometimes you just gotta wade through the shit to, you know to get to the gold it just it's just the natural order of things sometimes just don't don't give up do your thing be passionate about it even whenever you're sad and upset or depressed you'll find something to be happy about in what it is that you're doing and try to have uh try to have uh confidence in it and lean on others when you don't no that's definitely true yes is there uh like a facebook a website or anything you have that people can find your music on um a lot of it from years past is just kind of scattered all over the place but like I mean, you could just type in, you know, my name, uh, you know, Michael Knopf, K-N-O-U-F-F, and you'll pretty much be able to find almost anything that I've been involved with. Um, if anybody's interested in keeping track of, you know, when my EP is going to be released, it's under the band Soulforge, and uh, it's under, uh, it's on an Instagram, it's an Instagram account, so, like, there's nothing on it yet because i'm just waiting for time to get closer so i can start releasing you know stuff about it you know i don't want to prematurely put stuff out and there not be anything there i kind of want to give it time for it to to stew before i actually just kind of just drop it um so you know just instagram soulforge official and you can keep track of it there and then you now i've got my own personal instagram account you know if that's of interest to anybody I sometimes will post music stuff on there, but it's usually just me, you know, showing off my guitars or my cats. I said, if you want to send me links, you can message me, whatever the links are you have. And I can always put those in the show notes. So anyone out there listening can just go into the show notes and click and find your stuff. Yeah, sure thing. I can, I can definitely do that. All right. Well, again, I appreciate you coming out and talking with me and it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been a blast talking to you guys. Yeah, we definitely enjoyed talking with you too. But anyone else out there listening that wants to be a guest on Dark Side of the Scene can send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com and we can get you scheduled on a future episode. But we're going to say thanks to Michael one more time and we're going to roll on out. So good night, everyone.